This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 242. Know when to walk away, part two, by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. And I'm your host and narrator, Dr. Neil. Welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I read some of the best health and fitness blogs to you, sometimes with a little bit of commentary at the end. And don't forget, I answer your questions every Friday. You can send one in at oldpodcast.com. If you do, first, you make me very happy because I love answering your questions. And as a bonus, you'll be entered into small special raffles to win books from us. The next raffle is coming up in about 10 days if you can believe it. So definitely send me a question before then. Now, as I mentioned, today's article is actually a continuation from yesterday. I broke it up into two posts. So if you're new here or skipping around, check out yesterday's episode first. That's episode 241. Otherwise, this won't make a lot of sense to you. So with that, let's hear part two of the post as we optimize your life. Know When to Walk Away, part two, by J.C. Dean of jcdfitness.com. One day, I woke up. I realized it was never gonna get any better and I had to deal with it. I had to find a coping strategy. It was that or find another stress reliever. I began the practice of letting go more often and accepting that each session could be meaningful if I allowed it to be. It was all in how I dealt with it. Here are a few methods. Option number one, hang it up and go home. My first option is very stark. Either you're in or you're out. No straddling the fence. What I used to do is take every session for what it was, nothing more and nothing less. If I got under the bar and did more reps than last time, it meant nothing. If I added some weight, that's fine. But again, it meant nothing. I did my best to remain neutral about it. If I couldn't do more weight or reps than last time, it was the same thing, neutral, and it didn't matter. I'm not attached to the outcome of what happened in the gym. It's only information. Adding weight was information. Regressing, again, was information. However I interpreted the data was up to me. As long as I went into each session with a goal to improve, but being completely okay with however it turned out, I no longer placed such a high importance on whether or not my progression was linear. On the downside, there were times when I'd get all warmed up and find myself much weaker than the last session. We're talking 75 to 80% of my previous working loads to be very taxing. In these cases, I simply packed my stuff and left. No second attempts, and no talking myself into trying harder. This is when I'd simply hang it up and head to the house. Now, why didn't I try any harder? Because it's just like I mentioned earlier, it means nothing. There's no reason to push the limit and risk injury. Being weaker for one day doesn't mean I'm weaker forever or that I'm a weak person in general. What I do know is that it doesn't define my personal fitness levels or me as an individual. While I don't typically practice this approach anymore, it was probably the greatest thing I've ever done for myself in terms of A, actually listening to my body, knowing when and when not to push it, and B, learning to separate myself from my performance in the gym. The following method is what I now practice on the regular, and it's very similar to the auto-regulation methods of training I mentioned previously in my writing. Option number two, decrease the load and practice. All right, so nowadays I'm training a lot more frequently. My focus for each session is to increase the tension in some fashion. I can do that by adding weight, reps, or a bout of pump sets for a particular muscle group. I have a template I go by, 
which keeps me honest and helps me keep track of progress and gives me some structure. Every training session starts with a benchmark of three to four sets in which I test myself to check progress. The reps are anywhere from five to 12 reps, depending on the stage of training I'm in. I always aim to increase in reps or weight on these first four sets. However I do on these always determines the rest of the workout. For example, if I improve by at least one rep or by adding weight to the first movement of the day, I treat the workout as normal and blast through all of my predetermined sets. If I remain stagnant, however, I do similarly and make note of how I do on the rest of the sets in comparison to the previous session. If I happen to regress and am unable to do a previous weight or the same amount of reps, I immediately drop weight by about 10% on everything. I focus on smooth movement and getting a quality overload even with sub-maximal weights. This way, I'm still getting some good out of the training even though the weights are not maximal. When I'm feeling incredibly crappy, I'll cut my workout in half, take it even easier, and then get out of the gym. So what's the difference? I know when to fight and when to walk out. If it ain't happening, it just ain't happening. Gone are the days in which I furiously push through a workout only to make myself feel worse and risk injury. I've learned my limits and understand that it's impossible for every workout to be perfect. Some days will be great and some will be awful. In fact, I've even set personal records the day after a long, sloppy night of drunkenness and very little sleep. Then, I've had my worst training sessions during periods where I was resting and eating exceptionally well. How you feel is a lie. We can never know how it's gonna turn out. We can only strive for continuous improvement and understand not every day can be perfect. And here's my advice for you. Practice this for yourself. Practice objectivity in the weight room and understand that through your advancement as a strength athlete, your gains will slow down. Your progress will come to a screeching halt now and then. You will go three to four workouts in a row where you see no progress at all. You must understand that this is perfectly okay and completely normal. Just don't give up or think something is wrong if you're not making the rapid progress you once did as a beginner. Now, I'm not saying you should continue doing something that isn't working. That would be silly. But just because you stall out for a brief period It's not the end of the world. It's part of being human, getting stronger, and becoming a better individual for enduring the struggle. Embrace the struggle and know when to walk away. You just listened to part two of the post titled Know When to Walk Away by JC Dean of jcdfitness.com. So this was me a few years back. I would have those days that JC is describing to a T I'd go in, my mind is set, I'm gonna lift the heaviest I possibly ever could. My mind was there, but my body was not. And that was how I got injured. That was how, during a very heavy deadlift, I didn't set my body up properly and pulled a back muscle. That knocked me out for at least two weeks. Luckily, no permanent damage, but I've learned my lesson. And JC's absolutely right. There are days when you're gonna go into the gym and you're gonna feel like you're super strong today but the body just doesn't respond, and that's okay. The fact that you are there, the fact that you're gonna go ahead and bust out a workout, that's a win. And in fact, professionals in strength training know this exists. We have a term for this concept. It's called hitting the plateau. We see it with strength training, we see it with weight loss, where there's gonna be a point where you stop making progress, and it's expected. We know this phenomenon exists. So embrace it, as JC said, and keep pushing through. 
you will break through that plateau. And in fact, I'm gonna come full circle and remind you of the inspirational quote I shared with you at the beginning of yesterday's episode. Quote, courage to start and willingness to keep everlasting at it are the requisites for success. Alonzo Newton Ben. So again, be consistent, get back in there the next time you're able, and I promise you'll break through that plateau. Now, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I answer your questions right here on the podcast every Friday in special Q&A episodes. You can ask me anything related to diet and nutrition myths, stress management, exercise, and lots more. Just call and leave a message with your question. The phone number is 61-I-LOVE-O-H-D. Or you can also send in an audio question through our site, oldpodcast.com. That's more friendly if you wanna do multiple takes and hear yourself before sending it in. And by the way, if you send in a question, you're not only entered into special raffles to win books every month from us on the first of the month, which is coming up pretty soon, but you make me very, very happy. So send in your questions now so that you make me happy and you're in the raffle. All right, that does it for today's episode. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. I'll see you on tomorrow's show with a post from regular contributor Ben Greenfield and where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one. Literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too, where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too, and together we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift, as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us, and remember, your optimal life awaits.